No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer, and this is No Gray Zone Podcast. Today we wrap up our Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we could think of no better way to do it than to have Ayla Mansman from one of our favorite youth-run organizations, Safe Bay. Safe Bay stands for the idea that we can only fix our rape culture in this society by addressing the lack of sexual violence prevention, consent, education, and Title IX knowledge. Safe before anyone else. Safe Bay is a survivor-founded, student-led national organization whose mission is ending sexual assault among middle school and high schoolers. Safe Bay promotes change through a change in culture, something that we preach here at No Gray Zone. Their founder, Daisy, was a survivor of sexual assault, who was a tireless advocate for others. And Ayla, the youth outreach director, is definitely picking up the fight. Uh, You may know her as a fearless advocate of free speech and for outing rapists on campus. We are so excited for this conversation. So welcome, Ayla. Thanks so much for having me. Ayla, anyone who is familiar with No Gray Zone knows I always like to start at the beginning. So could you explain to our listeners how Safe Bay was founded? Yeah. So while I wasn't on staff when Safe Bay was initially founded, I was around. I'd been following the work. My mom's actually our founding executive director. So my ear was pretty close to the ground. And I think my mom really foresaw this tipping point. Uh, She had done violence prevention work on college campuses before, but she really saw this work and the need for violence prevention work to move into a secondary education space. And oh boy, was she right. I think this is uh, Safe Bay's sixth year, and we definitely were a little bit ahead of the curve for the conversation. But we have been right alongside every movement, the Me Too movement, bringing it into secondary schools, having these conversations with young people. Um, And you can just see the culture shift. I know it, it has shifted in my school already, in my community. And so much work is still yet to be done. But those initial steps of just having conversations with your peers are happening. And it honestly is doing wonders. Yeah, you know, it really is so important to start the conversation early in middle school, in high school, because sexual assault is not just a college campus problem. And that is something that Daisy knew. She knew it, you know, very intimately through her own survivorship. And so can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what it's meant to save Bay to lose Daisy and her mother and, and how it's kind of even empowered you guys even more to take up the fight against sexual assault? Yeah, that's a great question. And one that, you know, really speaks to us, especially since 
we're in this mourning process, but we've had a little bit of time to grieve. I think for me personally, losing Daisy and Melinda has, in the beginning, it was, I mean, of course, it still is very hard. But in the beginning, I think it was almost as if, uh, I, I want to say she was like, Daisy was just saying, you know, like this work has to continue. Since then, and everything we do, we try to ask ourselves, you know, what she's saying to us. This work is obviously very hard. And every time we need a little bit of strength, try to ask ourselves what she would tell us. She was constantly, even if Daisy wasn't in the day-to-day, she was constantly texting us, hyping us up, whether it was someone on staff or one of our volunteers. She was just always there to listen and to support any work that you were doing. And honestly, that has continued to be our driving force throughout this grieving process, for sure. We know that the loss of Daisy and her mom had to be extremely difficult for Safe Bay, and we know that the entire sexual assault awareness and sexual assault survivor networks across the world mourned with you. As you said, the loss of Daisy has just pushed Safe Bay to be more involved and to get the word out even more. We know one of the most important tenets of Safe Bay is that it is survivor-founded and student-led. Can you explain to us why it is so important that Safe Bay be student-led and how that actually plays out in real life? Yeah. Well, again, that, I mean, that's another great question that is obviously at the root of our work. And I think our work being youth-led really speaks to how we try to sponsor and push other young kids to take lead in this movement. This issue is affecting them. We don't want adults to speak on behalf of young people and how they should grieve and how they should heal. So I think it's so important to have youth representing themselves when it's coming, when we're, when we're talking about building campaigns and building this huge movement and organizing young people. It's so important that young people are the face of that work uh, time and time again. Uh, peer-to-peer education has been proven to be an incredibly effective method when it comes to uh, prevention-based education. And that is the core of our peer educator program. Uh, It's all about training the trainers, giving young people the tools to speak on this issue and to be experts in this field. You know, I think it's, there's something to be said for the idea that, you know, young people don't want to hear from the older generation about how they did it or, you know, what works because what worked, you know, even 10 years ago may not work for the student population today. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, about that and how Safe Bay kind of develops its programming around the idea that, you know, this is a constantly evolving issue? Sure. So I think representation is really the number one thing. We always say, you know, in our bylaws, we have that our board is two thirds youth. Uh, So that is a really great way to have that youth representation. But also every time I'm speaking or talking to other young kids, I say I can prove we're so youth led um, that I've been on staff for two years. I've I volunteered before that. And I'm 17. So I, I, I love to be able to say that. I feel like an expert in the room on this youth issue be, simply because I'm a young person. And that is so empowering. And it is a gift to be able to give that to other kids around the country. And it really gives them ownership of 
this movement. And that is such a powerful thing. So like I said, that is such a privilege. But I think what is really important and what we're really working on right now is how to tap into adult allyship. This podcast recording right now, this is the meaning of adult allyship. You both are adults. I'm a young person giving this student-led organization a platform to speak on our work and these issues. That is the core of adult allyship, and it is so crucial to this work. Young people cannot be in this fight alone. There are adults have been, who have been doing sexual violence prevention work for decades, and we need those mentors to teach us to not make the same mistakes that they did and to also just encourage us and tell us that, you know, this work is really hard. Activist burnout does happen, uh, but there is a tribe of people behind you that are championing your work and it is okay to rest that all the messages that young activists look for, we can get through adult allyship. The combination of the two is just such a powerful force. No Gray Zone is very proud to be an ally to Safe Bay and to youth advocates. And we know, as you described, that there can be a burnout rate with youth advocacy, especially in the sexual assault field. Secondary trauma is real. And we know that the trauma for sexual assault survivors is immeasurable. One of the things that Safe Bay chose to emphasize for Sexual Assault Awareness Month this year was healing and healing through unconventional means. So if you could take just a little bit of time and describe for our listeners what kind of healing you've emphasized for this month, who you've partnered with, and what is still to come for the month of April. Yeah. So like you said, every month we every or every sexual assault awareness month we have a theme. And last year's theme was coalition building. This year's theme is uh, is healing through different uh, different types of healing, especially unconventional forms of healing, uh, to make sure that healing in general is accessible to everyone. So our first week was uh, we partnered with a wonderful woman uh, and poet, Francesca Robert, and she to- uh, she spoke about healing through poetry and writing. I mean that is so impactful because anyone can pick up a pen and start writing and. It is so incredibly healing to write, to share your writing. And there's so much power behind that, putting your story into words, sharing that with others, if that's what you choose to do, and building a community behind that. Uh, It's so powerful. And then the second week, we partnered with Friendship of Women, which is a wonderful organization based in South Texas. And they, and collectively, we spoke about healing resources for undocumented survivors. Throughout the week, we highlighted the different work that they have done in their community. And at the end of the week, did a live feed with them where they spoke about the myths and facts about healing resources for undocumented survivors in our country. And they shared resources for those survivors as well. And that was just so impactful. I know I learned so much about the depths of the issue regarding the lack of resources for undocumented people and survivors as well uh, in the undocumented community. And then this week, we are focusing on healing through community. So we are really engaging all of our followers and supporters to work with us to talk about how they heal, 
to uh, talk with one another, to introduce themselves. Safe Bay, uh, back in February, we partnered with the organization Space to Speak and Hack Calls of NYC. And we partnered with them to generate an online survivor community where you can talk about healing resources and your everyday life, self-care, activism opportunities. There's so many different topic group chats. Um, and so this week we will really be promoting that. Uh, and I'm so excited to share that resource and to encourage more survivors to join that as well. And then our last week of April, we are talking about healing through getting tattoos. And this was a conversation that Daisy really talked a lot about, both a survivor and a tattoo artist. And she uh, really got to experience firsthand the healing that comes from getting a tattoo, that comes with consenting to art being put on your body and the body autonomy that's almost reinstilled that was once taken away from you and giving yourself permission and giving that of the tattoo artist permission to put something permanent on your body. And I think there's so much beauty behind that concept. Uh, and I'm really excited. We're partnering with a wonderful tattoo artist based in New York, who's going to be talking with us about that as well. And I, I really love all of these concepts because there is not one way to heal. You know, we all deal and process differently. And it's important for people to know that that's okay. And that there are other ways if therapy doesn't work for you, that that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't heal from what happened, that you can write your feelings out or you can get a tattoo that might help. And that's really important. And we know that Safe Bay is, you guys don't just do this stuff in April, that you do it around the clock, 24 seven. And so what are some of the upcoming goals for this year for Safe Bay? Well, we have so many goals. This year, we launched our flagship program, which was the peer educator program. And so this coming year, we're really hoping to just push that even more to reach even more communities, educate even more young people. I think we're going to have quite the capacity to grow as we move out of this pandemic, hopefully. So I'm really looking forward to that growth period. And hopefully at some point we can get back to speaking, speaking gigs. And we, in the past, we've done tours, which has just been so great to meet the young people we work with on the ground, to meet their clubs and to see them present, to present with them. It's just such a powerful thing. And when talking about activist burnout, doing that in-person work, I personally find is so rejuvenating. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting back to that. And I think that is definitely going to be one of our biggest goals as soon as we can. You mentioned the goal of growth and to expanding Safe Bay everywhere. And No Gray Zone completely supports this goal. We encourage every student to sign up to take the Daisy Coleman Consent Culture Peer Educator Certification Training. It's a 15-part module that goes through rape culture, sexual assault and harassment, consent, healthy relationships, male-identified youth and sexual violence, myths, facts, stats, sexual violence and relationships in the media, online safety, how to support a survivor, options for reporting and investigating, Title IX rights, healing after sexual assault, dating after experiencing sexual assault, bystander intervention, one of my favorites because I think people don't know what they can do if they see something that doesn't look right, and tips for presenting and public speaking. 
I think this is an absolutely wonderful program and a great way to get involved. But I also know that SafeBay does so much more than that. So how can individuals reach out to SafeBay to get you guys in their community, help them reform school policies, have public speaking engagements? What do they need to do? Yeah, so anyone, we have a bunch of different programs, but anyone typically in high school or college can start a Safe Bay Club. The college clubs are run a little bit differently, but we can get into that once they reach out. You can just go to safebay.org and there's a whole list of our programs and you can find which one fits best for you, whether you think you're really outgoing or you are really looking forward to being a leader in your community Or if you'd prefer to just educate yourself more on this topic, there's a program built for you. It is there. So go to safebay.org, read a little bit about what we do, and that's how you can join. When it comes to bringing Safebay to your community after COVID, if you want to bring us in person, you can reach out to shale at safebay.org and shale is spelled S-H-A-E-L. And in the meantime, we're definitely doing Zoom presentations, which are always very fun. And again, you can reach out to Shell for that inquiry as well. Elia, as we said at the beginning, we love Safe Bay and all it's doing for teens and survivors, but that is all the time we have today. If you want to learn more about Elia and Safe Bay, visit safebay.org or find them on social media at, at Safe underscore bay on instagram and at safe bay on facebook we will have all the links uh, website and to social media in our podcast notes it has been such a pleasure to have you today and if you have any other advice or things you want to tell our listeners now is the time i would just encourage anyone to get involved if you're interested if you have questions if you're not sure put yourself out there there's such a community there's so many people like you out there and just find your people there's space for you Thank you again, Ayla, for speaking with us today. I'm just good we do at caring survivors too if you need much. immediate support from a trained professional. There is help at Safe I'm just Bay. Good just caring text in addition, survivors, and also show gratitude to law enforcement who promptly and thoroughly investigate sexual assault and perpetrators. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe. You can find us on social media at NoGrayZoneRRC on Instagram or Twitter and on NoGrayZone on Facebook. There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to helping our young people.